shit's about to hit the fan. You're listening to the Max Wrestling Podcast. It's time to take it to the Hey yo, it's Thursday and you know what that means, welcome to Max Wrestling episode 389, this is your captain speaking, along with the original straight shooter, DC Daniel Grimmins. Good morning. Morning, wherever the hell people are, it's very early morning where Moses is, he's on uh, vacay this week in sunny Palm Springs. I wouldn't want to work in Palm Springs either. No. <laughs> I wouldn't want to work when it's not when you have a beautiful setting. Hello. Uh, so after I defeated the Walker Promo Slam, you saw me celebrating on the island of supremacy. Moses didn't get a chance to celebrate his own victory as TV champion, so he's doing it this week in his own paradise. Uh, he'll be back next week for double predictions of Clash at the Castle and All Out. But uh, for this week, Very good World Collide too, because that's also out there. I mean, maybe it is time to get back into NXT. I mean, that's a solid card so far. Yeah, a lot of unifications going on there, too, since uh, NXT UK is getting scrapped, and then we're getting NXT Europe. So, a lot of interesting things going on under Triple H's regime. So, for this week, chaos in Canada and Cleveland. And for those listening that have a little thing called TikTok, join in on the conversation. And very much like the group MVP, I'm not just talking to Travis. Come on, people. Pull your thumbs out. It's time to lay the talk down, and I actually remembered to do it last week. So this is the lay the talk down. He told the AEW guys to stay away. I don't play that game. So let's get into why. I'm coming! So, first of all, TikTokers, we want to know, did DX win? Because now we have Triple H in control of WWE and Shawn Michaels in control of talent uh, development. Oh, we got Road Dog back as an EVP. <laughs> all we need now is Billy G to leave AEW, but x Pac will be good, yeah, too. Bring him back into the limelight. And number two, as we saw on Raw this week, it may have just been a one-off because it was in Canada, but there was a lot of seeds dropped. Do you want to see Bailey versus Trish in the near future? Um, we've seen Trish come back for a match with Charlotte. Um, we saw her team with Lita at Evolution. So she, is it time for one more match for Trish? Uh, I know we asked last week if you wanted a full-time return. That was the rumor going around and then low. Lo and behold, she shows up on Raw. So it could be the beginning of something. We don't know. She looked great. She did. She looked great. She sounded great. Um, Ten-year-old me was very happy once again to see Trish. And final question for TikTok. What happens to the AEW title at All Out now? Uh, We'll obviously get into Punk and Marks in just a minute. But for now, we have no world title match at All Out anymore. So what do you think happens in the next week or so? And speaking of which, let's get straight into it. Um, last night was Punk versus Mox as advertised. They brought it forward from All Out. Um, me personally, I didn't think we were going to get a clean finish. I thought there was no way they're going to deprive Chicago of CM Punk in a world title match. But evidently, he isn't ready to come back to the ring yet. 
as Max squashed him in three minutes. I mean, that was a that was a Lesnar Cena kind of kind of beatdown. And yeah, you know, my thought is, you know, one of two things. You know, one, maybe there is some fire to the smoke of you know Punk, you know, not being happy. Yeah, I mean, I know he's publicly said that. Yeah, hey, I'm fine. You know, maybe there's some truth, or maybe he's not clear, totally cleared. Maybe you know he was doing some training. He's like, yeah, I, I, I can't do this. Yeah, I'm not ready. And looking at it, would you really want to put that, have that kind of match happen in front of Chicago? Oh no, at a pay per view. I like to think he. Like you said, knew he wasn't 100% and decided to put Max over so that we can get rid of this whole interim shit um, and take the time to heal. Maybe he requires surgery. We don't really know. Um, personally, I thought the whole rumor thing, the rumor mill about him not being happy and rubbing people the wrong way was their way of turning him heel. Because we all know Punk can be a great heel. And he's very good at um, using real heat to generate even more heat. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's... I mean, really, the only people that... The only person that knows is CM Punk. Yeah. So, I mean, like we said, what happens now with the AEW title? We're not going to get Punk and Mox in Chicago at all out, that's for sure. Um, The only thing they can do is book a match very quickly next week for all out or leave the world title off the card completely I, mean, we I don't you can i don't think you can do that like it's all out is basically their wrestlemania yeah like it's their um, premier show i mean we do have what i think could be the main event if we don't have a world title match the the trios final with kenny and the bucks um and Osprey and the Aussies. Oh, yeah, which, honestly, I, I think Aussie Open's going to take it. Yeah, I mean, it seems very predictable that Omega and the Bucks would win the first ever trios title. Yeah, I mean, which, you know, maybe that happens, but I, I think you have an opportunity here to have them steal it, and then AEW gets it back at some point. Yeah. Speaking of Kenny and the Punk and Mox situation, it it was a very weird placement of Punk and Mox being like slap bang in the middle of the show. Um, And then, of course, we have the main event being the trio's semi-final. Maybe it was because they knew Punk's squash would like leave it on a sour note, so they bring Kenny out right at the end to send the fans home happy. Yeah. It was just... It was a strange dynamite. Yeah. Not it was kind that, of up and down. Just weird. They I think it was gonna be weird right from the get go when like when they announced it was gonna be Punk and Mox a little bit early on Dynamite, I thought it was gonna be a weird episode because why are they doing this? And obviously now we know why. Well, ever since Pat Buck came in, you know <laughs> The Pat Buckery. The uh the, the, the rule book's been thrown out the window. Oh yeah. A lot of it was quintessential AEW, though. Um, Very much Britt Baker back in the limelight. 
Um, actually, you know what? Let's let's get into AEW before we do anything else. Um, Thunder Rosa also injured has to. Well, she's she isn't vacating it. They do the whole interim thing in AEW, so she's going to be stepping down for a little bit. We're going to crown a new women's champion at All Out. Um, it is a four way between Britt Baker, uh, Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm, and Hikaru Shida. I think that that match is going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be hopefully Tony time. You know, I think now is the time that you start building towards the Britt Baker face turn. Yeah, or that. I just I feel like obviously they've been building the tension between Thunderstorm for a few weeks, and or- we all know we want to see Tony Storm as a women's champion at some point. Um, now he's not time to do it. It would be a perfect time for Tony to win the interim title, and then of course she's going to have to face Thunder Rosa again down the road. And you know, I. I think conventional wisdom would say have Tony play the heel. No, I think you have Tony. You have Thunder Rosa play the heel. Yeah, Rosa's got a little bit of heat naturally um, with the locker room and some of the fans. Tony Storm's very likable, so it makes more sense for Tony to be the face, Rosa to be the heel. But a baby face Britt Baker is very interesting. And I think you know it's. Maybe you have her say that, you know, you do the whole, well, she couldn't get the job done. And, you know, I think you have Jamie Hayter turn on her. Oh, yeah, that's been teased for a while, too. Um, I do believe in the heat between Britt and Thunder Rosa, though, because Britt, of course, throwing another shot at Rosa this week, saying, well, she lasted her entire reign with a broken wrist. So, I don't know. It's, it's, Among other it's things. an interesting time. Interesting time. Yeah. Uh, one thing for sure, we're definitely going to get two new champions at All Out. Um, so also on Dynamite, if we're jumping straight into it, uh, let me just pull it up. <clears throat> so, oh, geez. We had Jericho. Garcia, Danielson kick off the show, which I thought was a good, really good segment showing confliction with Garcia. Um, I don't know which way it's going. Either Garcia's selling it really well or he's being genuine. Like, he's either having doubts about being a sports entertainer and conflicted because he looks up to Brian Danielson or they're playing Brian Danielson, which would be brilliant because he sold me on it. Or, you know, maybe they take a complete left turn and he turns on both. Yeah. I mean, we, we never, we've never really seen anything like that. No, uh, he, he's very young. He's got a very bright future. Um, I think he's very likable, so he's he could be a yeah. good babyface. But he's also, as we've seen pretty much ever since he's come into AEW, a really good heel, especially since he's joined up with Jericho. It gives me kind of like a young Randy Orton kind of vibe. Yeah. That blue chipper. Like, he's got that look, like, and, you know, good for him, because you know when his contract is up, he's going to make some serious bank, because everyone's going to want him. Oh, Triple H is definitely going to come sniffing. Hey, he may have already done that. Yes. We have heard of some tampering from the WWE offices. 
<laughs> Literally every company has done it. Yeah. Stop, people need to stop acting like it's just a WWE thing. I'm pretty sure AEW have done it. No, they have. Oh, they must have done it with Adam Cole because the speed with which he left NXT and joined AEW with his theme song and his merchandise and everything, there's no way they didn't speak to him before his contract was up. And people also got to realize that at one point early on, Jerry McDivitt sent them a cease and desist letter. Yeah. I forget it was over. <laughs> it was years ago. But he told them to, be, to kindly fuck off. Yeah. In legal terms. He pretty much used those terms. Um, as far as trios go, we got another trios match at All Out. Um, after Jay Lethal defeated Dax, he announced he'll be teaming with the Motor City Machine Guns against FTR and Wardlow. Uh, nice surprise. Yeah. You know what? I, I've always kind of liked the Motor City Machine Guns, you know. And it's always good to see them and, you know, maybe they put them in Ring of Honor, maybe. But, I don't know, putting Wardlow in that, it just seems kind of weird. And to not have a TNT title match, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, Wardlow was defending the title on Friday, but... There needs to be a little more exposure on Wardlow because I feel like he's kind of fallen off the radar a little bit since winning that title. I blame like, Pat Buck. Yeah, blame Pat Buck. Before he won the title, Wardlow was getting the biggest pops every week. Oh, now he's just kind of... Eh. He's like, oh yeah, he's TNT champion. Um, the, the machine guns, I've always been a big fan, but there was always this kind of running gag that one of them was injured and then when they came back the other one would get injured but they've mm-hmm. done pretty well so far since reforming um and as for dax he's been killing it in singles matches so it was surprising to see him put lethal over oh yeah and you know dax dax could be a world champion yeah if cash got hurt you know, WWE would pull them both. Would say, hey, you know, your partner's hurt. We're not putting you on TV. Yeah. they've done. Oh, yeah. They, 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 WWE love breaking up tag teams. Oh, please. FTR, if they were still on the WWE, they would have been broken up, reunited, and broken up again like five times over already. But Dax, you know, I hate to say it, but... Dax is the Shawn Michaels of the group. Yeah, I mean, I always thought Cash was the more standout half of the team, but Dax has just been everywhere lately. Well, people thought the same with the Hardy Boys. People always thought, you know, Matt was going to be the standout, which, you know, really, all he really did was the broken gimmick, and that's... Yeah. That's, that's the only time he's been the more relevant Hardy. Sorry, Matt. I'm sure Moses would agree, though. We know how Moses feels about Matt. He's um, a huge Matt Hardy. <laughs> oh, please. He's got all the merch. All the merch. Um, Christian, again, cutting another great promo on Jungle Boy. Um, we, we now know that's official for All Out. They pretty much just made the card official for All Out this week. I think there was like three matches added, I think, just last night. 
Um, I am excited about Jericho and Danielson, though. That should be good. Which, I mean, I, I think we got that in WWE, but you know what? It's both guys are different now. Like, Yeah, very, very different. Jericho <laughs> has gone through a dozen gimmicks. Um, Danielson was a hot protege coming from Ring of Honor at the time, and he's, of course, become his own entity over the last, what, eight years? Yeah, and not only that, but now he's more sure of himself. Like he knows who he is, his style, and you know and he, they don't have that overproduced WWE way. No, and Danielson very much makes a case for best wrestler in the world right now. Oh yeah. Um, we also got Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hubs added after a very passionate promo from Ricky. It. I'm interested with that one because you know. Whenever you have, you know, a smaller guy going up against a big guy, it's interesting. You know, it's it it's either going to be good or it's just going to be complete and utter eh. Yeah. It's always one or the other in those kind of matches. Yeah, I mean, Ricky Starks is super over. Um, Hobbs is what he what his name is. He's a powerhouse. But that's pretty much all we've seen of him. We don't, we don't really know what he's about, other than he's big and he's powerful. Yeah, you know, I think it's a good chance to, you know, for to show us Starks up against a big guy, and also to show us what Hobbs can do. Yeah, um, and I've also just realized actually we we don't know the final of the trios title yet. We still have uh, Dark Order and Best Friends. And then the winner of those two matches are in the final. So I think uh, next week on Dynamite, I would love Dark Order to sneak away and win it. It would be it would be nice to see the Dark Order do something. Uh, so yeah, next week on Dynamite, we're getting United Empire versus the Elite, and the following Friday on Rampage, it's Dark Order versus Best Friends. Do something with the Dark Order, please. Yeah, that completely throws a curveball in it because if the United Empire win the semifinal, that means you don't have Kenny Omega on the show for the pay-per-view. Unless which, they just set up a random match against Mox. Which I think is probably what's going to happen. You know, I think... In an ideal world, because it definitely seems like they're building towards Mox versus Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Which, please, give me that. <laughs> you know, so I think you have a United Empire go over next week. And then maybe give us United Empire versus Dark Order at All Out for the trios titles. And you have the Elite cost United Empire the match. Yeah, I mean, Omega and the Bucks pretty much always been heels together, but actually, yeah, I was going to say they need a top babyface, but they've got Mox. And there's no real top heel other than Jericho right now. I I think Tony Khan needs to make a call to a guy that's uh, living in Long Island. 
Yes, he does. He he needs to make some calls because, yeah, the the booking's been kind of crazy. Um, I think actually ever since Cody left, I think Cody did a lot of the booking when he was there that we didn't really know about. Well, I think he was also there to kind of <clears throat> rein Tony Khan in on some of Tony's bullshit. Yeah, you can definitely tell the difference in the booking now that Cody's gone. Um. Actually, you know what, in terms of, like, surprises and what Kenny's going to do, we still have the Casino Ladder match, too. Yeah. So, maybe you have, maybe you have that as a buy-in, and with the understanding being that the winner goes on to face Mox in the main event. That makes the most sense. You know, or, you know, maybe next week you have, you know, you Tony, swallow your pride, open up your wallet, call the guy in Long Island, tell him we'll give you whatever you want, come back. I mean, I was expecting him to come back last night, but... I was expecting even Hangman. Oh, yeah, no Hangman, no MJF. Um, I think... I was expecting MJF to show up at the pay-per-view and costing Punk the match. Yeah, this whole time I've been thinking MJF's waiting for Punk to get healthy, and then we'll see him when it matters the most. But now that Punk's out of the picture, I don't know where this leaves MJF. Does he just go after Mox? Or are the rumors about him true, that he's, like, pieced mm-hmm. out? The rumor we didn't want to believe to be true, but actually now Triple H is in control. It wouldn't be such a bad thing. Yeah, I think that's changed everything. Oh, yeah. Triple H getting the keys to the kingdom has absolutely changed everything. It's changed the way people look at WWE in terms of, like, it used to be, oh, get yeah. this guy out of WWE. Now it's get this guy back to WWE. You know, I think, you know, I've said this before, whether you're a fan of WWE or AEW or New Japan, this is an exciting time to be a fan again. Yeah. And we always said it when Triple H was running NXT. Once he takes over, things are going to change. And yeah. I mean, NXT 2.0 is gone. Oh, thankfully. We, we were just talking about the difference between AEW's booking before and after Cody. Man, the contrast between Triple H's WWE and Vince's WWE is everything we hoped it would be and more. And it's only just getting started. I mean, I guess, you know, my biggest criticism of this week's AEW was I get the story that they're trying to tell, but the the daddy ass and the uh, whichever one, whichever kid was was wrestling last night, I don't know which one's which. Uh, Well, Colton was last night. I don't actually know the other one's name. Billy versus the ass boy. Yeah. It should have been a rampage match. It should have been. Uh, I think the only pop came because Billy was accompanied by the acclaimed. You know, you got Stokely Hathaway. I mean, like, how can you not like that guy? Yeah, he he's very sneaky and shady uh, in in the shadows there. Kind like, of like a Paul like Heyman. What doing. I like what they're doing with him. Yeah. 
the new age of Paul Heyman. Um, so yeah, of course, Colton gets the win. Um, Stokely again like teases that he's gonna sign the ass boys and then they beat down Billy some more. So at all out, it is the tag team titles on the line, swerving our glory versus the acclaimed. So you gotta believe the 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 ass boys are gonna get involved. Yeah. The done deal. You know maybe you have the acclaimed go over. And, you know, maybe you have, you know, you split, you because I know they were teasing Swerve turning heel. Yeah. And also calls for him to go back to NXT. But I don't think that's happening. He's got a, he pretty much, he, somebody asked him actually on Twitter this past week, and I think he just said, nope. Because he signed a contract, so he, he ain't going to do it. Yeah. So, but and I don't know if that's a nope in a positive way. He's not going to let people out of their contracts. Oh, no, no, no. Especially now. I mean, if Vince was still in charge, I feel like he would have. Uh, Tony knows he's got the likes of like Adam Cole for another couple of years. I think he said he sent him a five-year deal. Yeah. So we know Cole's safe. Yeah, Cole's not going anywhere. Jericho, I could see him going. Yeah. You know, finishing up there, doing one last run. He's also hinted at forming a faction with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn over on Twitter, but didn't specify when or where or which but company. You know, I will say this right now, and people are going to think I'm insane for even suggesting it. Have Sami be the one to beat Roman. Oh, I mean, it's definitely left field. Give us the NXT version of Sammy that we had. Ah, the underdog Sammy. Him and Neville, still one of my favorite buildups. You know, the underdog story sells. Yeah. Like, it's sold in AEW. It sells everywhere. Look at Daniel Bryan. Exactly. Like, WrestleMania 30, he saved that show. He saved the whole build-up to WrestleMania 30. Like, you know, like, imagine, because I remember it was a D, it was a women's match that went on right after Brock and Undertaker. Yeah. Imagine being one of those women, and you see that, that match, and you just think, shit. I think it was, wasn't it AJ... Defending against the entire roster. Yeah. And the crowd was just dead. I mean, rightfully so, because, you know, like, you just had their hearts ripped out. Yeah, this, this was the time where WWE couldn't be bothered booking a storyline for the women towards WrestleMania, so they just threw them all into one match. Oh, yeah, because that, you know, that was Vince, you know. Vince didn't care about the women, and, you know, he just, you know, did what he wanted with them. And... <laughs> In more ways than one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 20 million what? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, all right, so that was Dynamite. The, there's no shit marks to say this week because I, I didn't think there was any point looking because it was all just going to be the same stuff. It was going to be WWE diehard shitting on Punk. 
Hell, not even just WWE diehards. Some AEW fans also shitting on Punk. You know, um, I, I think I would suggest in place of shit marks say, shit marks do. Right. I saw a video of somebody burning a CM Punk shirt, which, you know what? Yeah. If, if, if that's what you want to, if that's your way of protesting, you, you do you. But you've already paid for it. Like, how is that sticking it to... to to AEW and CM Punk, like how, like how, in in how does that make that make sense to me? Like explain that to me, like I'm five. And as we know, WWE and well AEW t-shirts are not cheap. No, like you order from you know shopaew.com. I did not get paid to plug that. Those are like thirty bucks. Yeah, and over here. Since AEW don't have a UK store, we also have to pay shipping. Ooh, do you have to pay like a customs fee too? Yep. Oh, so you're um, double boned. Moses and Travis have both sent me stuff, and then when it's arrived, I've had to pay something to get it. Which is just some buckery. Yeah. Which you know now now that AEW has grown. Why wouldn't you have a supplier in the UK in other European countries? Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what the ratings are because they don't really publish it in the UK, but I'm pretty sure they're, they're doing pretty good on ITV, yeah. even though it's not live. I mean, WWE Shop has a you know Euroshop site. Yeah, and they've also improved the Euroshop in the delay between getting new stuff online. There are there have been times where Euroshop gets shit before we do. Wow. <laughs> and also they re- they restock it more often. <laughs> I imagine uh, WWE Shop sells out very quickly because anytime a new T-shirt comes out, the crowd is full of it. Oh yeah. Um. All right. So there's no shit marks say this week, but there is a this week in wrestling history. So let's go back in time. I will say it's mostly SummerSlam history. Uh, August 19th, 2001, at SummerSlam, Rob Van Dam defeated Jeff Hardy in a ladder match for the Hardcore Championship. Undertaker and Kane defeated DDP and Canyon in a title-for-title cage match for the WCW and WWE Tag Team titles. It wasn't the best. That Taker-DDP feud kind of went nowhere. It was cringy. Yeah, it could have been really good. The, the, The reveal was great. And it just went downhill from there. You know, honestly, and I'm a big supporter of DDP. Like, the WWE version of DDP sucked. It did. Like, give us what he was in WCW. Like, you know, Mr. Self High Five. Perfect. Yeah. The WWE version was not a good thing. It was a bad thing. Uh, uh, Turn the uh, phrase around. See what you did there. Uh, Also at SummerSlam 2001, Kurt Angle defeated Stone Cold by DQ. So he didn't win the WWE title. But The Rock did make his triumphant pay-per-view return, defeating Booker T for the WCW title in the main event. Uh, Which was pretty huge at the time. Huge move for WWE during the invasion. Because obviously they'd lost Stone Cold as a defector. 
when they were at, when the WCW title was a hot potato. Yeah, it was very surreal seeing it on the Rock's shoulder, though. Yeah, and you know, it looked good on him, though. Yeah. He should have stuck around more and had a couple of runs as the world heavyweight champion after they changed it. Um, moving on to August 19th, 2016. This is the only non-SummerSlam piece of history. Nope. There's one other one, two other ones. Um, Jay Lethal's classic first run as Ring of Honor World Champion came to an end at the hands of none other than Adam Cole, baby, at Death Before Dishonor. Uh, Lethal's run was just, just over like 400 days. Uh, and that was his first reign as Ring of Honor World Champion. Uh, also August 19th in 2018 at SummerSlam, the beginning... Of the man gimmick as Charlotte Flair won Carmella's SmackDown women's title in a triple threat match, only to get Molly whopped after the match by Becky Lynch to a very welcome reception from the crowd. Uh, Ronda Rousey also defeated Alexa Bliss to win the Raw women's title for the first time, and Roman Reigns defeated Brock Lesnar to win the Universal title, which I don't really remember very much. No. I If I remember, it wasn't the... the... Didn't he only have it for like a short bit because he had to, he had the cancer diagnosis not long after that. Yeah, uh, it was weeks wasn't it? Like a m- weeks or like a month? It, yeah, it was only it was a matter of weeks. Um, but I really don't remember this match. I, I always mean, remember Roman and Brock at Mania, but I think it was a short match because you know, I think it was if I remember rightly from when I wrote this down six minutes. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But nonetheless, August 20th, 2006, another SummerSlam, um, a very forgettable legend versus legend killer match as Hulk Hogan defeated Randy Orton. Boy, what a throwaway. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, he had another chance to elevate Orton, but Hogan being Hogan. He don't put people over. No. And... I think this was like one of his last matches in WWE and it showed that he probably shouldn't have been wrestling because he was starting to slow down. And well, I, if you're going to have somebody like that who, you know, can't put together a good match, you need someone in there who can protect him and make him look good. Somebody like a Shawn Michaels, you know, Yeah, who, well, when he doesn't oversell for the whole match. Which he did that to embarrass Hogan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and years on, it was very funny. Oh, yeah, it still is. Um, was this Hogan's last match in WWE? I don't remember him having another one after this. I feel like it was. Uh, do, 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 2005... Yes, it was. That was his last match in WWE. Uh, After that, he just did, like, Hall of Fame and homecoming appearances. But that was his last match against Randy Orton. Oh, no. Yep. And then we got that weird match with Sting and uh, TNA. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was his last match in in WWE. Unless you count uh, defeating Big Show at a Memphis house show. And he's still angling for a WrestleMania match. (laughs) 
<laughs> Don't do a Ric Flair Hulk. We didn't even want Ric Flair to do a Ric Flair. Um, also at SummerSlam 2006, uh, Ric Flair defeated Mick Foley in an I Quit match. DX defeated Vince and Shane, and King Booker and Edge both walked out as World and WWE Champions, both thanks to interference from Charmel and Lita. Uh, then we had SummerSlam in 2017 on August 20th also. In 2017, we saw John Cena open the show defeating Baron Corbin. Legally remember that? Uh, yeah. I, was it, I know that wasn't Corbin's catch, and that was, that was later. Yeah. Now, um, Jindu and Brock were the champions at the time. So Jindu defeated Shinsuke. Brock won the Fatal 4-Way against Braun, Roman, and Samoa Joe. This show was very much Vince booked. Um, Big Cass defeated Big Show. Randy Orton defeated Rusev. Uh, Finn Balor defeated Bray Wyatt. If I remember that one, I think that was the one where Braun got a little little testy with Brock. And Brock gave him the quick one-two and told him to slow down. Oh, yeah. Uh, Which, you know, he's lucky because Brock could have knocked him out. Like, yeah, a, a guy the size of Braun. Like, but that knee was very, very stiff. It's no wonder Brock retaliated. Like, he's lucky Brock didn't go farther than he did. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at the SummerSlam. Was it Was it the year before against Randy? I think so. But the elbows just cut the shit out of Randy's head. Um. Yeah, th- this was... 2017, AJ defeated Kevin Owens. Jinder defended the title against Shinsuke. The Shield defeated Sheamus and Cesaro to win the Raw Tag Team titles. Um, Sasha Banks defeated Alexa Bliss. Um, August 21st, 2000. History is made as women main events Raw for the very first time when Lita defeated Stephanie McMahon for the Women's Championship with The Rock as the special referee. I think people often confuse it with Trish and Lita because that was all women. This this one obviously had the rock involved, but Lita and Trish was the first all women main event. And Stephanie was not a wrestler at all. No. <laughs> uh you know, I, I think Linda was the only McMahon to not hold the title. Yeah, thank frankly. Hey, there's still time. There's still time. Let let's not give Triple H ideas I, I don't think he'd book that. <laughs> um, August 21st, 2016 at SummerSlam. Yes, this is the one that was Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton uh, ended in ref stoppage. Uh, Finn Balor, of course, made history, becoming the first ever Universal Champion, which he then had to vacate the next night uh, because his shoulder was screwed up. Um, I, I think we said... Was it last week or the week before we were talking about it? How he dislocated his shoulder during the match, popped it back in, and then got injured again. Yeah. Eesh. Which absolutely sucks. You know, and his career has never been the same since. Which no. I believe Vince, but, you know, it looks like he's on the upward tra- tra- trajectory. Yeah. He which, came in know, with so much hype. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, all the reports have said that had he not gotten hurt, they were eventually going to have him drop it to Brock. Man. 
of course, he did eventually face Brock a couple of years later, and of course, Brock won. Because it's Brock. Yeah. Like, the only but, one that 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 Brock doesn't beat, Roman. Yeah, uh, but we like Brock now. We like Farmer Brock. <laughs> uh, also on this show, uh, that that was a hell of a match too between Balor and Rollins. It's even more yeah. of a shame how it ended. Um, AJ Styles and John Cena, another great match, first time ever. Uh, Charlotte defeated Sasha Banks because Charlotte for the women's title. Dean Ambrose uh, defended the world title against Dolph Ziggler because this was a great time for SmackDown 2016, SmackDown Live. Oh, yeah. They they really made us care about Ambrose and, and Ziggler, which a couple of years before that, you wouldn't have thought would be a world title match. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I, I've said it to Moses. I've said it to others, and I'll say it again. You look at everybody in the Shield, Mox or Ambrose, whatever you want to call him, he was a, he was a star. He was the top guy, in my opinion, at least. He was the most talented. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely the talker of the group. Um, I remember when the Shield, when I f- first introduced to the Shield, um, I saw Ambrose as the talker, Roman as the muscle, and Seth was just the all rounder. He's the one that did all the crazy shit. Uh, but, of course, they all evolved, all three of them. Even Roman, he took his time getting there, but he evolved. Uh, what else we got? August 21st, again, in 2021 at SummerSlam, so just last year, was main evented by Roman Reigns and John Cena, which, honestly, I wanted Cena to win. It was, it was the first time in, like, I don't know, over 10 years that I wanted Cena to win a match. And break the record. Yeah. I would have been happy for it because for the first time he, you you felt his presence because he was gone for so long. I think it was like 18 months since his last appearance. And then when he came back and confronted Roman, you, you realize how much you missed John Cena. You know, I think the Cena, I think he, Cena evolved. You know, he, now that he's kind of stepped away, like he's more likable. Yeah, now he's not squashing everybody. I mean, I, I feel like if he really wanted it, I feel like he could have gotten the title. Like he could have politicked and he could have said to Vince, "Hey, I want one more, one more quick run." Yeah. Um, and I think Flair would be okay with it too. Oh no, Flair would have bitched. <laughs> he was always very much a Cena guy, but uh, Ric Flair has gone nuts the last couple of years. Um. Also at this SummerSlam, Lashley thankfully defeated Goldberg in a WWE title match, which uh, ended in ref stoppage. I don't remember why. Maybe he just speared him a couple too many times. I always thought he pinned him. Anyway, um, Edge defeated Seth. I think he had him in like the Hurt Lock or something. Oh, did he pass out? I think so. Yeah, that makes more sense. Uh, Uh, That was not a good pay-per-view. No, um, Edge defeated Seth Rollins, which should have been better than it was. Um, again, Charlotte Flair won the Raw Women's title, defeating Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley should have won. Oh, yeah. Uh, Charlotte Flair. Yeah. We had the surprise return of Becky Lynch, who defeated Bianca Belair in 25 seconds, which at the time 
a lot of us were pissed about, but now, of course, it makes sense. They built it from there for a whole year between Becky and Bianca, and, of course, Bianca got her redemption. And Becky got hurt. Yeah. Uh, And she had a very confusing heel run for that whole year, too. Or, you know, they kind of turned her into Becky Gaga. Yeah. Big time backs is awful. Thank, it looked like the night she announced her injury, um, she was slowly transitioning back into the man. I think that's inevitable. And, like, you could tell even the whole big time backs thing, she didn't seem comfortable doing it. No. Um, like, I think she took a leaf out of Seth's book with, like, what crazy outfit can I get away with this week? But other than that, it just didn't feel right. Like, I think that was partly a Vince idea. Yeah. Like, I here's probably what I think happened. I imagine Vince probably went over to Stephanie and Triple H's house, you know, and he saw Triple, you know, he saw Triple H and Stephanie's girls probably watching some Lady Gaga music videos on YouTube, and he saw and he thought, "Oh my God, that's what we need." Becky Gaga. Um, but as we know, Triple H is very much in tune with the fans, whereas Vince was completely out of touch, and Triple H sees the money that the man brought in. So why would you change that gimmick? Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, Moving on to a little bit further back in time, August 22nd, 1999 at SummerSlam. Uh, Oh, man. This is some nostalgia right here. Al Snow, big boss man for the hardcore title. Um, oh, God, is that the Kennel from Hell match? No, this was just a hardcore title. I think the Kennel from Hell was, I want to say, No Mercy or Unforgiven. I think One of the was, worst pay-per-view was, matches of all time. Oh, it was off. It was literally dog shit. Literally. Uh, Lion's Den, Ken Shamrock, Steve Blackman. There, was, there wasn't enough Lion's Den matches. It, it, that was basically the original fight pit, but it was circular. Good match, though. Yeah, Shamrock and Blackman had a good feud. And I love how they they called back to it, like, two or three years later when Stone Cold returned from his surgery and Shane tried to blame him being run over on Shamrock, on Blackman, either. And they used, like, evidence of Blackman backing into Shamrock with a car, so he has a history of vehicular assault. And we all know it was done... For The Rock. It was. Uh, we also had a love her or leave her Greenwich Street Fight test versus Shane McMahon, which didn't really mean anything in the end because, of course, Stephanie married Triple H. That whole feud was just weird. Yeah. Uh, test would have been the guy if Triple H hadn't gotten involved. Or at least they would have tried to make him the guy. Test, test was very talented. Oh, yeah. And he was a big guy. Um, Very short-lived tag team, Undertaker and Big Show, the Unholy Alliance, uh, defeated Kane and X-Pac. We, oh, man, we had The Rock versus Billy Gunn in a Kiss My Ass match. I don't really want to remember the outcome of that stipulation. Um, Main events was Mankind... Defeating Stone Cold and Triple H for the world title with special referee Jesse the Body Ventura. Which also a bit of bit of knowledge here. 
that would be the last time that the Smoking Skull title was on WWE TV. Yeah, big shame. I mean, if it wasn't obvious already, I love that belt. Oh, yeah, it's a beautiful design. You know, it uh, is. <clears throat> but then they went back to the uh, another variant of the of the Big Eagle, which, you know, people got to realize there were multiple versions. I think there were yeah. five total. I did like the Big Eagle, too. Another classic. Better than what we've got now. Oh, definitely. I think nothing has been really good since the Undisputed title. Hey, you know, if Triple H likes to let some of the fans give us the Winged Eagle back. Yeah, or a new version of the An Eagle. Just Not the uh, Big W? Yeah, we don't need a Big w- We know what company it is. We don't need a giant-ass logo on the on the title, which is basically what the title is. It's just a logo with straps. And a little banner on the bottom. Yeah. Uh, August 22nd last year, uh, the final NXT TakeOver of the Black and Gold Era, TakeOver 36, saw Ilya Dragunov defeat Walter for the UK title, and Samoa Joe defeated Karrion Cross for the NXT title. Of course, NXT became 2.0. A couple of months later. And, and it hasn't been the same Walter, since. The Walter versus Dragunov match was wow. fantastic. They had two classics. Oh, yeah. Like, I- I've got to imagine with TakeOver or with uh, NXT, Euro- or NXT UK being done, i got to imagine they're going to bring Dragunov stateside. Once yeah. he's cleared. Yeah, once he's cleared. I was going to say, of course, he had to drop the title uh, due to injury, too. <laughs> he sold the beating he took from Walter on the next episode of NXT so well too. I mean, maybe he wasn't selling it. Maybe he really was that banged up. I mean, Walter Walter will mess you up. Yes. Even more so now that he's just ripped. I mean, he literally chopped the soul out of Adam Cole. <laughs> yes. I have um, never chopped that loud. I'm, I'm surprised, actually. I mean, obviously... He was NXT UK champion, but I'm surprised they didn't bring Dragunov over sooner because this little feud with Walter that last year really put the spotlight on him as a big star. I mean, everybody started doing the whole conducting thing. Maybe we get him in uh, Rumble. I don't I don't know. What was his injury? Was it his shoulder? That seems about right. Pretty sure it was a separated shoulder. Conceivable, yeah, he could be back on uh, in January. Could be good to go. Uh, let's take a look. He did do. Just says in July he suffered an injury. Thanks for that. <laughs> All right, August twenty third, two thousand nine, uh, at SummerSlam. Uh, <laughs> we had. CM Punk defeat Jeff Hardy for the world title in a TLC match. Uh, Randy Orton defeated John Cena for the WWE title. Christian defeated William Regal to retain the ECW title. Uh, DX versus The Legacy. Kane versus The Great Carly. Ew. Ugh. Let's not go back to that match. Uh, yeah, that Joe- never happened. Yeah. Let's just erase that. It was five minutes, 58 seconds that we don't need to go back to. Uh, Jericho defeated Crime Time. Uh, MVP defeated Jack Swagger. Rey Mysterio defeated Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler's taken a lot of L's at SummerSlam. 
He's taken a lot of L's, period, which he shouldn't have. True. Every now and then, he just seems to get pushed, and it, it's a weird dynamic with Ziggler. You, you never really know where you stand with him. So underappreciated. Yeah. There was a time where I thought he he is the future of WWE, but right now it's just like he's there. Um, the same date in 2015, another SummerSlam. This was the one that was main evented by The Undertaker and Brock Lesnar, which, of course, gave birth to the whole laughing meme. <laughs> Und- Dead man, Undertaker, showing a bit of personality. Um, Stephen Amell also made an appearance, teaming with Neville against Stardust and King Barrett. Uh, uh, Ryback defended the IC title against Big Show and The Miz. We had another classic between The Shield and The Wyatt family. Uh, Seth Rollins became a double champion, defeating John Cena in a title-for-title match for the U.S. and World Heavyweight titles. Uh, Kevin Owens defeated Cesaro. Hmm. I know going more with KO. No, I I love that. Uh, Ziggler got a win too. Well, oh, we didn't. He didn't take an L, but he and Rusev ended in a double countdown. Hey, it's not a loss. It's not a loss. Uh, maybe we're gonna find a Ziggler win at some point during this SummerSlam history lesson. Uh, do we have? Do it still, Nikki in the Spirit Squad? Because that there's, there's got to be a win somewhere. Oh, they they got squashed by. DX. Um, it's not going to be at this SummerSlam. This was 2003, uh, which was an okay SummerSlam. I remember watching it a couple of times. Uh, Taker uh, defeated A Train. Uh, Shane McMahon defeated Eric Bischoff in a false count anywhere match. That was a very horrible feud that involved Bischoff giving Linda McMahon some tongue. Let's not revisit that one. Ah. Uh, we had a very mix of a WCW-ECW Fatal 4-Way here with Eddie Guerrero defending the U.S. title against Benoit, Rhino, and Tajiri. Um, in the early 2000s, they never had a bad match. Kurt Angle defeated Brock Lesnar for the WWE title. Oh, God. Kane, no. oh, they, they were just... If you wanted a great show, you put Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar on it in 2003. Well, except for WrestleMania 19, but... I mean, it was a good match it just had that horrible botch which brock has not gone to the top rope since except no. <laughs> this past SummerSlam, which he he jumped off a freaking tractor yeah brock gave zero fucks this year which, and it was so good um it, it's a shame actually because like when he was in developmental he used the shooting star very often and it looked really good the the execution was great it was just a landing But both of them came out of WrestleMania 19 with a lot of injuries. Uh, no holds barred match. Kane defeated Rob Van Dam. Um, this was shortly after Kane unmasking, of course, and for whatever reason, going after his tag team partner. Um, we had Elimination Chamber 2 for the World Heavyweight title. Triple H defeated Jericho, Goldberg, Kevin Nash, Randy Orton, and Shawn Michaels. Uh, finally, today in history, one of my favorite SummerSlams, 2002. Uh, let's go through the whole show, bang. Kurt Angle defeated Rey Mysterio. Ric Flair defeated Chris Jericho. 
Edge defeated Eddie Guerrero, and then we get into title territory. The Alliance's Lance Storm and Christian defeated Booker T and Goldust. Um, this was the whole... Oh, then we get into the whole Team USA versus the Un... The Un-Americans? The Un-Americans, yeah. Uh, Undertaker defeated Test. We had Rob Van Dam defeat Chris Benoit for the IC title. And then, of course, the classic return of Shawn Michaels to the ring against Triple H in the non-sanctioned match, which came complete with some classic Jim Ross sound bites. Um, because after the match, Triple H just smashed HBK with a sledgehammer. There's a video, it's like two minutes of just JR calling Triple H a son of a bitch. <laughs> yes, tell me why. <laughs> um, but it was a great, great match. It was a hell of a comeback for Shawn Michaels. Um, and it just surprisingly ended up with a roll-up. If I but remember it, right. that sense. It made sense. Yeah, I think it, it was going to be a, a pedigree, and Sean just rolled him up. And, of course, main event, which we've talked about a few times lately, should have been a longer feud. Brock Lesnar defeating The Rock for the undisputed title. The Rock, of course, then went to Hollywood. But, man, this, this could have been much, much bigger than it was Brock and Rock for the first time. You know, I mean, I feel like if Rock wasn't going to Hollywood, like, you could have pushed that out longer and had it happen at Mania. Yeah. And, like, if Rock had faced Brock in his prime, like, this was early Brock. He'd only been there a few months. Oh, yeah. Imagine, like, Beast Incarnate Brock versus uh, The Rock. And The Rock's much bigger than he was then, too. <laughs> He's doubled he... in size. Yeah, he's not the rock anymore. He's the boulder. Yes, Dan, I accept your challenge. You know, the captain said if I wanted to be a part of promo series, then this is the match. The captain calls all the shots, which... Bravo, Daz. You're actually showing initiative for once in your life. There's a first time for everything. Good for you. Who'd have thunk it? You know, Dan, I actually have a lot of respect for you. Tons of respect. I mean, you and I, we're a lot alike. We're both New Yorkers. We both come from hardworking families. And both of our moms survived cancer. Much respect, Dan. But what I find to be disrespectful... And what I find to be the uttermost disrespect to me is that you think you're in my league. You're not. You think that you can outdo me. You won't. And you think that you can amplify yourself to be the best that you can be. You can't. To put it bluntly, I am sick and tired of your big chin and your dumb face. At Promo Series, I'm going to do to you what I did to you back at Promo Slam 2020. I am going to make you my bitch. I will see you at promo series, Daniel. And one more thing. Any up. Welcome back to the Cap and DC show this week. Um, you just heard Mike Larkin use his initiative and cut another promo from his bedroom 
and you will see him further use his initiative in 91 days. It's Mike Larkin versus DC in a promo exhibition. Mike's been running his mouth for weeks. DC called him out. Now we have a rematch from Promo Slam 2020. And Mike, you want me to use my initiative? Well, here you go. DC gets eight minutes, you get six. How's that for you? Also, the Knowledge Championship is on the line in the traditional Winner Stays On gauntlet as the Phoenix defends against three challengers, the last of which will be your very own captain. We've done promo three times, now it's time for trivia. It, that's if he makes it through the first two challengers, of course. And in a rematch from the Open Challenge at Promo Slam, Cypher will challenge Moses once again for the Television Championship in a TV triathlon. Stage 2 will be trivia, Stage 1 and 3, if necessary will be promo and your main events the first ever world title triple threat promo <laughs> exhibition your captain defends against Travis Walker Anderson and the lawyer Chad Malcolm and if you haven't caught up with the history it is available in one whole playlist right now on our YouTube channel the story so far of the captain the walker and the lawyer we'll also be predicting Survivor Series and crowning the group MVP if you want a shot at being the group MVP and uh ending Travis's year plus reign all you have to do is post and comment in the match wrestling group within 28 days of the event I don't think anybody's taking it from him to be honest no he like last night he was posting dynamite results so I very very narrowly avoided the main event spoiled this morning because I didn't get to watch it last night live I don't really get to watch anything live anymore apart from pay-per-views um, but promo series comes your way November 24th. Go to mashwrestling.net slash promo series 7 for more information. All right, let's finish things off with the WWE side of things. Uh, Ronda invaded SmackDown again. Uh, she's finally being booked how she should be. Uh, an anti-hero who doesn't give a shit about rules and regulations. She's, she's a rebel. She's a badass. She's been... She's been booked as the baddest woman on the planet ever since she arrived in WWE, but it doesn't Not really gel. Yeah, it doesn't really gel when you're walking around smiling and trying to make friends with the audience. Like, I've, I've always loved Rousey since her UFC days because she just showed up and beat women in under a minute in her prime. And then she um, got in under a minute. Yeah. Ah, oh, sad times. But, like, she doesn't need to kiss up to anybody. Oh. As, as, as Elena Tyrell said, you're a dragon. Be a dragon. You know, and it's on that instance, like this whole happy go lucky, I'm so happy to be here. Nobody buys that. No. (laughs) You're Ronda Rousey for fuck's sake. Like you wouldn't have Brock Lesnar doing that. I mean you get now. You get terrified when Brock smiles. Like when Brock smiles, he's out chucking people. Oh, jumped enough tractors. You know, or like flipping the ring. Yeah, like yeah, Ronda be the badass bitch that we know she is. Like, la- like last week, she got fined, and suspended. Okay, I'll just show up with a bag full of money. Yeah, just dump it out. <laughs> it's like, what? Well, how much was it? Ten grand? There you go. Like, money means nothing to Ronda. Yeah. She's got enough of it. Absolutely. Um, 
another injury plagued the women's tag team titles this week as Toxic Attraction have been replaced themselves or will be replaced tomorrow um, in the second chance, last chance, whatever the hell it is uh, on SmackDown. I think it was a, I heard it was a concussion. Yeah, so, like, I know we, it's not really, I mean, it is serious, but it's not like a, a, a surgery injury. Yeah. Um, as for Raw, I mean, we kicked it off with Rollins and Riddle brawling all over the arena before Trish opened the show uh, and ends up in the mix with Bailey's trio. Like I said last week, I much prefer this very, very serious side of Matt Riddle. I'm still calling him Matt. Fuck you, Vince. Like, again, the whole happy-go-lucky thing is okay for a short while, but if you need to take somebody seriously, that's not the way to do it. Um, You know, I I get Riddle's a stoner. We all know that. Yeah. But But he's also an MMA fighter. He also competed in a death match against Nick Gage in bare feet. Yeah. That's a no-no. <laughs> I mean, not I, I wouldn't all cylinders on that one, buddy. I wouldn't compete in a straight wrestling match against Nick Gage with bare feet. Um, but like we talked about earlier, a nice uh, surprise to see Trish on Raw. Uh, she still looks like she's got some left in the tank. Would not be opposed to seeing her wrestle again. Um, and she's actually got some pretty good chemistry with Bailey. You know, the right opponent, she could work with anybody. You know, the right, yeah. just the right one. I mean, the term pioneer gets thrown around very much in WWE, but she I won. think it it's very safe to apply that to Trish. She, she did change the game a little bit. Um, like, she came in as a valet, you know, all blonde and boobs. But she learned her craft, and she became a very serious women's wrestler. Huh? Honestly, I would say one of the greatest of all time. Definitely. <clears throat> um, her debut got your attention, but her work in the ring kept it. She made you care. Yeah. She... I'm not going to beat around the bush. I was a huge Trish fan back in the day. Between um, her, Lita, you know... Very much thanks to Fit Finley for uh, Trish's training. If Trish is not on your Mount Rushmore of female wrestlers, like there, there's a problem. <clears throat> yeah, like she wasn't just handed seven women's titles; she she earned them, especially that first one. Well, you think of that time frame, you know, when it was you know, bra and panties matches, lingerie matches, like yeah, she did her damnedest. To be taken seriously. And she earned that Hall of Fame induction. Yeah, I mean, around that time, when it was all bra and panties matches and evening gown matches, her and Victoria went out and had a hardcore match at Survivor Series. Yeah. The first one, not mistaken. Uh, I mean, Luna Vachon... I think, had a hardcore match against Ivory. But, I mean, this this is the first one that really mattered because of the time frame it was in. Um, so, yeah, Pioneer, 
definitely applies to Trish. Um, another surprise, we had Johnny Gargano make his return. It wasn't reported. It wasn't spoiled. It was a very, very welcome surprise. Um, I think it took the crowd. I don't know if the crowd were just shocked or if some of them didn't know who he was, but it took them a while to pop for him. Like, as soon as you and hear that you music, know, you should pop. Oh, yeah. And I, I think once they saw the the Gargano graphic, like, I think, you know, they realized it was him. Yeah. And he got his old theme music back, which is, you know, I, I know there was issues with uh, CFOS or whoever they were. There was yeah, some, yeah. there was a legal battle. Like get get rid of Death Rebel. Like oh, they were most of their out most of their themes have been trash. Yeah. yeah. With the exception, I would say, of Rollins' current theme, because that just And Romans. Oh yeah. Like those two are, are fantastic. But they're they're very repetitive. Like I mean you talk about Roman, Rollins, Bailey, they've all got the same sort of choir theme to it. Yeah. And I think part of it is Rollins just made it work. Like coming out dancing like like only he can. <laughs> nobody else could get that. <laughs> yeah. We uh even need CFO back or just get somebody get get a band or bring Jim Johnson back, but yeah, yes. Def, Def Rebel or not the way to go. Get get give Jim Johnson a Hall of Fame induction. If ever there was a spot for a Hall of Fame for, like, somebody behind the scenes, it's definitely Jim Johnson. Like, how, think of all the iconic songs that he, he did, like Warrior, you know, Undertaker. Like, would they be as big of a deal if they didn't have him? And Stone Cold. Man. That theme, I think he said it himself in an interview, that, that theme is just so simple, but it, yeah. it slaps. Tony Khan, hire the man. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I, I... AEW needs work in their theme music department. Yeah, I like the fact that Tony buys a couple of, buys the rights to a few songs, like for Jungle Boy, great theme, but they need uh, a really good, like, in original house. music producer. Um, so Gargano's segment was great. Uh, he got the babyface pop. They did actually show the crowd, and a lot of them were in like shock, yeah, to see Gargano back. But uh, un- inevitably, it, he was confronted by Fury. It did. I will admit, it took me a couple of seconds to remember the connection. Like Fury came out, I yeah. thought, "Wait a minute! Oh, right, the way." Yeah. Um, but of course. Since the last time they met, a lot has changed. Uh, Gargano's changed a lot of diapers. He's watched a lot of Bluey. I know exactly how he feels in that sense on both counts. Um, <laughs> but Fury's also become much more of an asshole. So, unsurprisingly, he suffered a super kick for his troubles. You know, I, since Vince has been gone, like the booking for Theory has just been kind of weird. Yeah, it's like Triple H is punishing him for being Vince's boy. You know, honestly, people are going to think I'm crazy, but, you know, instead of cashing in on Roman, 
do a swerve, cash in on the NXT title. Yeah, uh, Charlotte did it, right? She won the Rumble and chose the NXT title. Yeah. So I think, you know, have him cash in for the NXT title. I think he was brought up to Raw way too soon. Yeah. Cash in on the NXT title. Not only would it give him some experience in being a world champion down there, but also it would add Mystique back to the money in the bank, wondering like, well, if he went for the NXT title, other titles are in play. So Yeah. Why why should it always be Raw or SmackDown when NXT titles should be just as important? Because it I mean before two point oh it it was no longer developmental. It was a third brand. Exactly. And if you remember back to 05 when they were debuting the Money in the Bank, in one of Jericho's promos about it, he said, any title. Yeah. So I get, go back to that. You know, have we were, you know, who, what title is it going to be? I mean... Unless they do split the titles uh, at Clash of the Castle, which I think would be a huge moment for Drew to win one of those titles, not just from Roman, but like for how big this show is. You know, with Clash at the Castle coming up, they got to do something special. Like this is the first main pay-per-view since 92, I think, right? Yeah, I I don't think we really count Insurrection and Rebellion. They were glorified house shows. Yeah. Um. So first main pay per view since '92. Also the first stadium show since '92. It's it it is huge, and I'm so pissed that they announced it when Vince was still in control because I had no interest in it. But now of course, Triple H has the reins, and it's too late. And tickets are probably like completely insane. They were, but they dropped significantly this past week. But, I mean, it's still too late to make those last-minute plans now. Or at least get a halfway decent seat, because you'd probably be... Yeah, they'd be in the nosebleeds. So, Hunter, if uh, you want to do Clash 2 next year, different story. Um... Also, so the main events of Raw was advertised all night as Edge's first. They made a really big deal out of Edge having his first match on Raw in Canada uh, in over a decade. And it was okay. Yeah. You know, um, his best wasn't his worst. No, I don't. I think other than the fact that it was his first match in Canada for so long, it was nothing really special and it wouldn't have main evented otherwise. But it was what it was. Um, it was good exposure for Priest to get that spot against Edge. Gives him the rub. Yeah, and uh, but the main story, I think, came after the show when Edge basically announced that he's going to retire in Canada next year. He he said next summer in Canada, so did he pretty much just confirm that SummerSlam's going to be in Canada next year or something? Maybe. You know, it's... It, call me crazy, but... I think net, what I'd like in a perfect scenario, I'd love to see his final match be against Cena. Get us Edge versus Cena one last time. Like, yeah, you know, you, you think of great rivalries. You know, you think you know Rock Austin, Foley Triple H. You know, Undertaker and 
anybody. And I think you got to think Edge versus Cena is probably Edge's greatest rivalry. Definitely. It was the last time I was a Cena fan before he obviously came back from Hollywood. But like full time, that was the last time I was a Cena fan because that feud with Edge was great. And it lasted a whole year almost. And I think they're two guys that, you know, just can't have a bad match with each other. No, every, every match was great. Right, right up to the uh, was it TLC or the ladder match? I think it was a TLC match. Um, when Cena finally regained the title at Unforgiven. Last time we ever saw the rated R spinner, which you know, <laughs> I'm in the minority. I didn't really mind the spinner, um, but like I was 14 when it was introduced, so I just thought it was pretty cool. Uh, I see now why grown adults would look down on it <laughs> but it, hey it made merchandise money i mean I, I i'm a belt guy and i'll say that belt still sells pretty well yeah. and i think the thing with this it st- it overstayed its welcome yeah i think the only people that looked good on was cena because it was made for him and punk just carried it so well and of course miz you know it because it yeah. worked for Miz, too. Because, you know, Miz is that guy, you know, nobody wanted him to be champion at the, the first time. And the great thing was he won it after they stopped it spinning. So they had to flip it upside down. And I love it. I... <laughs> um, It looks kind of out of place on Triple H. I think he's just made for those big, yeah. classic gold belts. And it looked out of place on Jeff Hardy, too. Yeah, the world title looked good on him. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, it, it was very much Canada Day on Raw this week. It was all about Trish and Edge. <clears throat> um, I mean, if Edge does retire next year, like you said, Cena would be the perfect opponent. I can't really think of who would be another option. I mean, there's... <clears throat> If he wasn't with the AEW, I'd say Christian. Yeah, but every classic rival Edge has had is either retired or in AEW. Yeah. Or in Hollywood. Unless we get a Forbidden Door show, which... Honestly, if Vince were still running the show, I'd say that'll never happen. Yeah. But with Triple H, it feels like it probably won't happen, but it could. Like Triple H would definitely be more open to it than Vince ever would be. Yeah, I mean, it's like I just feel like it with Triple H. There's so many possibilities. I mean, we we've said Triple H has his finger on the pulse. He is very up to date with the indies and whatever companies are doing. He may not say he watches AEW or whatever, but oh, he, he does. If they anybody that says that they don't pay attention and they they don't view them as competition, please. If Vince, when he was still in charge, really wanted to, he could have crushed AEW like a grape. Yeah. If he really wanted to. But you know, everything has changed, and now with NXT UK folding and NXT Europe being a thing, which. It, Everything's up in the air, and I—it's not a, necessarily a bad thing. No, um, 
and they've already kind of gotten rid of the multicolored NXT 2.0 logo. Now it's just black and white on some of the media. Yeah, give, uh, I want to know who the hell okayed that. <laughs> like, Shawn Michaels says, like, he's in control of, he's responsible for anything that's happened in 2.0, but I don't believe it. No. Like, some of the stuff we've seen has Vince and Pritchard written all over it. And I don't buy for a second that the whole 2.0 was Triple H's idea. No, it wasn't. He put, like, Black and Gold NXT screamed Triple H. It was the whole skulls, the heavy metal, you know. My God, you had Slipknot as your theme song. Right. (laughs) That was all Triple H. There's no way he'd trade that in for whatever we've got now. And, like, look at everybody that NXT, they released, they were all Triple H guys. Yeah, and how many have come back? Like, within three weeks, four weeks of Triple H being in control. We got Karrion Cross back. And thank God no gimp suit. <laughs> um, Kevin Owens being booked very, very strong once again. Finn Balor being booked strongly. Yeah, well, I mean, the IC and the US titles, we've talked about both being booked very, very strongly the last few weeks. And it's like, thank you. Thank you, Vince, for finally stepping down. Thank you for whoever found all the paper trails. Oh, did you hear last week there was another five million, there was a five million dollar donation to the Trump Foundation? Yeah, doesn't surprise me. Which, and that happened, I guess, like, 10 years ago. Like, like what people don't realize is, yes, it's Vince's company. But if you're using company assets to make a donation like that, you need to report it. Yeah, it's his company, but it's publicly traded. Yeah, and if you're going to make those kind of donations, you need to account for it to your investors and say, we made a $5 million donation to this organization for this purpose, like you can't just—if it was private company, probably wouldn't be as big of a deal, and Vince would probably still be in power. Yeah, or even just his own personal money—he had plenty of it. Yeah, but like, you can't use company money for whatever you want. Bottom line: Vince is an embezzler. Oh yeah, I mean, there's a reason why the federal government is looking into him. Again. They may get him this time. Honestly, I don't see how he gets away with it anymore. Like, when you have, like, 10 or 12 counts of this, like, this is a different federal government now. And now he stepped down from WWE. Like, obviously, he's still a major investor, but there's nothing really protecting him anymore. No. You know, and I think... To save the company, he's got to fall on the sword. Yeah. And maybe that's why he did retire quietly. And like, I, I think part of him realizes it. Like, yeah. if you remember a couple months back, it was reported that he and Linda were selling their house in Greenwich, moving to a smaller house. Like, well, <laughs> smaller for them. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's not like they're moving to a flat in, in central London. <laughs> like, Rhode, that, that's not happening. 
we're only going to have six bedrooms this time. You know, they, they got a sacrifice. Yeah, and only one pool. And, and, and only one butler. <laughs> and, and only a four-car garage. Yeah, just four. Free if you count the truck. And, you know, they, they probably have Brock's tractor somewhere. <laughs> I wonder if he still has the uh, the limo filled with cement somewhere in storage, too. I heard it's at the, uh, the, the warehouse. I remember one of Stone Cold's videos, Hell Yeah, um, and Michael Cole saying it's on display at Titan Towers. Yeah, it was, uh, was Vince's Corvette. I guess it's at, it was at the parking garage. They yeah. Put it there. Wait, did I say limo? Yeah, of course it was a Corvette. No, uh, the limo was the one that got blown up. Yeah. And the Rock's Lincoln got driven over by a monster truck. Stone Cold just loved to. He got paid to destroy cars back in the day. Oh, yeah. The milk. And there was the there was a beer truck, that whole <laughs> thing. Like, and of he course, had the, the best time. The DX Express, when he wasn't even active, he blew up a bus. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like what Brock is doing now. Like, they're just letting him have fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> him and Stone Cold are very much cut from the same cloth. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Which is, again, an even bigger shame that they didn't get a chance to really work together. Because, like, we saw them in the interview, they seem to get along so well. Because they're yeah. so similar. Like, and we saw from the Pat McAfee uh, show with Brock, like, that's who Brock is. Like, to borrow a line from The Fiend, he let us in. Yeah, which we never thought would happen because Brock is actually a very private person. And, you know, he said, you know, he goes to work, does his job, goes home. Yeah. Can't blame the guy for, you know, you're in front of, you're in the public, you just want to be alone. But then there are the stories that we don't really hear about very often where Brock is actually pretty approachable with the young talent. I heard he's been, like, his last couple times he's been at TV, like, if talent approaches him, he will help them. Yeah. Which just proves Brock's having a lot more fun. He's being himself. <laughs> like, Maybe he just got tired of being the suplex machine who just shows up and has two-minute matches. Like, it's shown that Brock can go longer with the right opponent. Yeah, I mean, well, we always knew Brock had that potential from his run in 02-03 that he was he had, much more than suplexes. He had good matches with Daniel Bryan, with AJ. You know, who would have thought Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar would have been a good match? That was a great match. But can you imagine how utter dog shit his match with Jinder would have been? <laughs> No wonder Brock said, yeah, that's not, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Um, that's why we got AJ as champion again. I mean, how, how do you pick gender over AJ? Uh, so I guess you could say Brock hindered gender. Yeah, that he did. And we also got, I don't know if you saw it yesterday, the uh, full match gameplay for AEW Fight for the Fallen. I saw it was posted but i haven't actually seen it yet 
very much no mercy ish. Mm-hmm. So maybe. Uh, I, I I think people have to realize the pressure that AEW is in, is under for this game. Like, yeah, particularly it, Kenny. Oh yeah, like if this game fails, like if it sucks, there may never be another game. Case in point, TNA Impact. That game never happened. It's a figment of your imagination. It never happened. You know, destroy it with dragon fire. No. <laughs> like the, the only thing I liked about it was the Ultimate X match because obviously we'd never had that before. No. But I am curious to see how they pull off the exploding barbed wire match in, in a video game. Like well, much how, better than they did on TV, that's for sure. Yeah, or that barbed wire match. Like no. I will say right away though, I'm really not interested in the mini games well the carnival games that we've got in yeah. the game um, I, just, I just want a wrestling game I feel like that's going to be one of those things that people are going to play once Yeah, and, like there's another wrestling game coming called the wrestling code which is a lot of indie guys like and, and legends in it like if you google it like it's got some really cool stuff and what they're doing and I've never seen this like the motion capture work is being done by the wrestler themselves, like, including Dwayne Gill. Like Dwayne, um, uh, DDP is in it. He did the motion capture for his entrance and for his in-ring work. Uh, Zach Gowan's in it. Uh, two versions with the with the prosthetic leg and without. Wow. And did the motion cap for it. Uh, Rob Van Dam. So, and, you know, competition is good. Like, you should want competition because it will make the other games want to do better. Man, those graphics look really good. Yeah. For a company that has never made a wrestling game. Holy crap. Muhammad Hassan's in it. Yeah. The guy who's now a high school principal. Very underrated. Because WWE um, tried to turn him into a terrorist. Yeah, like, that was a great idea, right? You know, if, he, if they tried that nowadays, oh, boy. Yeah, that, that, that was that was in 2004, too. So, like, still peak, like, wartime. Oh, yeah, like... And I remember it was it was right after the subway attack in the UK. Like yeah, like that day. And you're saying SmackDown was taped. You couldn't pull it. Like you couldn't pull. It. No one said to Vince. It was like, hey, there was a, a a bombing in in England. You shouldn't we like pull this? No, 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 no. Keep it going. It'll, Keep it going. It'll, it'll get heat. It sure as hell did. I mean, there's heat, and then there's cringe heat. That was cringy yeah. heat. Like, the the whole gimmick was very edgy to begin with, but he had so much potential. Oh, yeah. Like, they could have brought him back as a face. Be like, hey, this is not who I am. Yeah, wasn't he Canadian? Uh, oh, isn't he actually Canadian? Yeah, yeah. And his name, his real name is Mark Capani. Like, yeah, 
then you turn them into a, a terrorist. Ah, uh, he's not Canadian. He's actually from Detroit. Yeah, you know, he because he has Middle Eastern heritage, you turn him into a terrorist. Thank you, Vince. Vince logic. Thank God it's never gone. fails. Oh yeah, thank God it's gone. Um, all right, so there's no Moses, so there's no A to B of retro rewind this week, but of course, you know where to find him, a smart mark radio and a retro rewind. Um Let's do a geek of the week then. Pencil neck geek, gritty freak, scum sucking PF with a lousy proceed. He's a one-man, no-cut, losing streak. Nothing but a pencil neck geek. So I've got one, and let's see if you agree, since Moses isn't here to do it. Um, as much as it pains me to pick this guy, I don't think there's really any other choice this week. Sadly, it has to be CM Punk. I'd say that's definitely fair. Um, yeah, I mean, not so much based on the match, because if he is like still too injured to compete, then it's not really his fault. But... Man, the guy just cannot avoid heat. And I'm not saying I believe all the dirt sheets because I've made a very clear point of that the past week, but the bad stories follow Punk. You know, it's he's got a very abrasive personality. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, and it's sad that, like, you hear these rum- these rumors and you think, well, maybe... I mean, maybe there is truth. Maybe there is sm- fire to the smoke. Mm. And, you know, he is unhappy. But, like I said earlier, it reminds me of that, the, pro- the Triple H promo when he basically called him a bitter, old, a bitter man. And, like, but yeah, Geek of the Week, I, I would say that's fair. You know, that, for, you know he's... The CM Punk that we all knew and loved is gone. He left in 2014. The CM Punk that we got that came back last year, and he even said it, he is not who he was. You know, I guess at this point, what does he have left to prove? If you're not happy, life's too short. Just find something that makes you happy and move on. I think Punk is obviously a very confrontational person, but he he's always been good at using his anger for his in-ring work and his promos, especially his promos. Um, so he knows where to, where to direct that confrontation. But right now, there's nobody really for him to be angry with. He's just probably got this frustration and nowhere to aim the bullets. Like... It's not like in WWE where he was booked horribly. Like, he's only literally lost now to two people. MJF and Mox. And both had a purpose. Exactly. Like, I mean, it makes you wonder if maybe the whole thing about Hangman was true. Like, what he was saying about him. Like, if maybe they, they got on him about that. Like, saying, hey, don't pull that shit. Yeah. Um, 
I don't want to really disrespect Colt Cabana, but there's also a lot of people now fully supporting Colt Cabana over his exit because of the beef between him and Punk. But like, what what Colt ever really drawn? Like, there's no question Punk is the biggest draw out of the two. Like, he's the he's the Shawn Michaels. Cabana's the, the Marty Jannetty. And let's not forget, Cabana sued Punk first. Yeah. Or, or tried to. Because he got sued by WWE and tried to recoup his losses. Yeah. But, like, even, even in that situation, would you really sue your best friend? No. I mean, and Punk's made it very clear he holds grudges. Oh, yeah. I mean, my God, he left WWE eight years ago. And he is still holding a grudge. Yeah, for a few years, understandable, but it, it doesn't really matter anymore. He will be holding that grudge until the day he dies. Absolutely. Um, there was always apparently beef between him and Triple H. If not more between him and Triple H than there was between him and Vince. And the thing of it is, honestly, I think Triple H would bring him back in a heartbeat. Because See, Triple H doesn't hold grudges. No. Triple H holds money. And sure, you can, you know, throw China's name in there, but I think that was more Stephanie. Yeah. Uh, Triple H had a lot of history with China before they were even in a relationship. I mean, and when you look at the justification of why they didn't put her in, a, in the solo Hall of Fame, like... I'm not saying I approve it, but I get it. Like, yeah. If you Google her name, you know what's going to come up. Uh, but at the same time, why is Sonny in the Hall of Fame? I mean, but you also, you look at the Hall of Fame, and there are people that are in there that have done some horrible things. Let's not forget Jimmy Snuka at one point was on trial for murder. Yeah. And there's other people that have been in there for, you know. Yeah, the the, the last said about Trump, the better. Oh, we don't talk about that guy. (laughs) We don't talk about that guy. Uh, Okay, for the bestler of the week. That's tough. Uh, it, it was tough. Um, the obvious choice would have been Edge, but I think that was more the hype surrounding his match rather than the actual match. Um, ah, man. The only one I could go with that wasn't obvious, who did have a great match this week, was Will Ospreay. Oh, yeah. That's definitely fair. And, man, that finisher was just sick. So, not for the first time, uh, Will Ospreay has to be this week's best slur of the week. So, um, again, Moses isn't here to give you his plug. um, But I don't think he does have a new show this week anyway. 
So keep up to, if you haven't yet uh, caught up, then go catch up with Smart Mark Radio Retro Rewind. Um, Moses will be back next week. Thank you for spending your Thursday with us. Here's the socials again. You can find us on the evil Twitter machine at Max Russell UK, at the Captain 512, and at SMRPodNet. Check out the website, maxrelson.net, and don't forget to hit the sub or the follow button on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the socials. Um, we'll try to get into Instagram and Twitter more because they they always seem to lack a little bit. Um, so we'll try and get a little bit more traffic on there. And, of course, for joining us for another week, DC. Thank you very much. You are most welcome. So with that said, join us next week for double predictions. It's Clash at the Castle and All Out. Possibly Worlds Collide, but at the moment there's only two matches announced for it. Um, I assume they're going to unify the tag titles too? Yeah, there's talk of that happening too. Wouldn't be surprised. So possibly Worlds Out predictions, well, Worlds Out, Worlds Collide predictions next week too. You've been watching the Cap in DC. Goodbye. Mwah. And good night. And I don't have a funny line for you this week. Other than, Mike, this is my initiative.